The NDP will support Pierre Polyev's motion to scrap the federal carbon tax on home heating. A new study reveals Canada is not systemically racist after all. Canadian business insolvencies shot up by 41.8% in 2023. Hello Canada, it's Monday, November 6th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Cosmin Georgia. And I'm Lindsay Shepard. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. The NDP is throwing its support behind Conservative leader Pierre Polyev's motion to call on the government to expand its carbon tax pause on all forms of home heating. NDP House Leader Peter Julian signaled his party's support for the motion. Last Thursday, Polyev tabled his motion, which read, quote, that given the government has announced a temporary three-year pause to the federal carbon tax on home heating oil, the House calls on the government to extend the pause on all forms of home heating. The motion does not bind the government to any action initially. The NDP wanted the motion amended to include the removal of GSD from all forms of home heating. However, the Conservatives disapproved of the amendment. Last month, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau announced a three-year pause on the carbon tax for all homes that heat with oil, which predominantly only affects Atlantic Canadians. The majority of homes in Ontario and Western Canada use natural gas. This prompted several premiers to demand an exemption from the Trudeau government's federal carbon pricing on natural gas and other forms of home heating as well. Poiliev also wrote an open letter to Trudeau asking the exemption to be extended to all forms of home heating. However, the government has denied any further exemptions at this time. So I'd like to make it clear to our listeners that this is a non-binding motion. And if you look at the poll numbers, the federal NDP have not polled at past levels If you recall, they were once the official opposition, but that's not the case anymore. So there is definitely politics at play here. And I've looked at some of the responses from the NDP base, and a lot of people are not happy with Jagmeet Singh deciding to side with the conservatives on this issue. But in reality, alleviating the carbon tax for Canadians is within the realm of the NDP's traditional policies. As I said, this is a non-binding motion, but Lindsay, do you think that this will convince the government to scrap the carbon tax? Yeah, Cosman, we're seeing a reframing of the carbon tax. Instead of people seeing it as, you know, companies paying for pollution and Canadians just may be paying a little bit to alleviate our guilt for what we're doing to the climate, let's say. Now, people are seeing it as companies have increased costs, and now they're offloading it on the consumer, and that's why prices are going up for everyday people. People are making that connection now, and that's why the carbon tax is falling out of favor. Now we're seeing among the NDP base. People realize that in order to help everyday working people, they would want prices to come down. 
For sure. I think there's been a seismic shift uh, among voters in support of some of these extraordinary climate measures, especially when it comes to increasing the cost of living for Canadians. And a lot of people are questioning whether the fact of, of like increasing taxes for ordinary people actually contributes to the reduction of pollution around the world and, and how much Canada uh, contributes to the overall uh, carbon emission picture. Yet I'm not so sure that the NDP voting alongside the Conservatives on this particular motion is that big of a deal because, as we know, NDP leader Jagmeet Singh is propping up the Trudeau government, and unless he forces a vote of non-confidence or an election, I, I don't see this being significant beyond just like politics and, and trying to curry favor among the electorate. The narrative perpetuated by the Canadian federal government and various institutions that Canada is systemically racist simply isn't true, a study finds. The study, published by Matthew Lau of the Macdonald-Laurier Institute, October 30th, directly counters past comments from Prime Minister Justin Trudeau that there are, quote, profound systemic inequities and disparities ingrained in the nation's core institutions. Lau's research, titled Systemic Racism Claims in Canada, a Fact-Based Analysis, aimed to answer two questions. Is there evidence to back up claims such as these that Canada today is systemically racist? And are government programs and strategies likely to reduce the incidence or mitigate the effects of racism in society? The report said, quote, the answer to both is a resounding no. Income disparities analyzed in the studies demonstrated that many visible minority groups outearn the white population, contradicting the narrative of widespread disadvantage. After accounting for employment and sociodemographic factors, only 4 out of 20 minority groups exhibited lower earnings than their white counterparts, while 5 minority groups had statistically higher earnings. Cosman, do leftists care about facts and statistics? Will this study stop activists from accusing Canada of being systemically racist? No, I don't think it's going to stop uh, leftist activists from accusing Canada of being systemically racist because they rely on these ambiguous and esoteric definitions to bulwark their claims. And when you pry deeper, like the McDonald-Laurier Institute has done in this study, you find out that it doesn't actually hold up in reality. The facts do not align with some of the grandiose claims that the left makes about how racist Canada is. There are some so-called anti-hate activists out there who claim that Canada is more racist than the United States. It is potentially the most racist country in the world. But people's experiences beg to differ. I think for many people, especially immigrants coming to this country, they see Canada as a beacon in many ways, and they want to escape some of the prejudice that they feel back at home. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Canadian business insolvency shot up by 41.8% in 2023 when compared to the third quarter of last year. According to the Office of the Superintendent of Bankruptcy, a total of 1,120 businesses filed for bankruptcy, up 3.6% from the second quarter. Those numbers far surpass the amount of bankruptcies filed before the pandemic. In the third quarter of 2019, for example, only 827 businesses filed for bankruptcy. The Canadian Association of Insolvency and Restructuring Professionals, CAIRP, believes businesses are struggling to stay afloat due to a combination of economic challenges. For example, businesses no longer have support from government COVID-19 benefits and record high interest rates, and a dip in consumer spending are all contributing factors. CAIRP Chair André Bolduc warns that the current insolvency estimates are conservative at best, as many businesses will choose to close up shop and simply walk away without going through the insolvency process. Seems like if you're an entrepreneur in Canada who wants to start a business, there are so many obstacles in your way. You know, all of the government regulation and red tape, all of the taxes you have to pay on your income, not to mention the interest rates on loans from banks. The factors pile up. All of this seems to discourage any potential business owner from starting a business in this country. Lindsay, is there any point in starting a business in Canada anymore? Yeah, I mean, on the one hand, we wouldn't want the government COVID-19 benefits to be propping up businesses that realistically can't operate. But I have heard critiques that in Canada, we simply don't have the same culture of entrepreneurship that the U.S. has. But it also could be just considered a factor of globalization that when we shop local at a store in Canada, we can find those same things at Walmart and on Amazon. And, you know, the wholesalers, the suppliers are all the same. It's rare to come across a boutique anywhere in Canada, really, I find, that has truly unique things that I haven't seen anywhere else before. But of course, that's with the caveat of retail is just one sector of this. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't think the current economic conditions, the current government is encouraging people to build this country up. And that's what Canada desperately needs. We need to build not only businesses, but we need to build housing. We need to build prosperity. That's it for today, folks. Don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. Plus, The Andrew Lawton Show will be live at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, and Ratioed with Harrison Faulkner will be live today at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to share our work with your friends and neighbors. And if able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news.